You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Gaffney, 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 Gaffney. Yes, Echo. <laughs> now I decided to just lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to help you with all your weirdness now. <laughs> I just decided that. I'm weird. <laughs> and we love it. Yay. How you doing? Good. Good to be back here. Yes. Your uh, next door neighbors seem to be quiet. There's uh, not as much construction going on. It's Must very be... exciting. I actually slept until eight today. Oh my God. What a slug you are. I know. When I woke up, I was like, oh, is this heaven? Have I died and gone to heaven? What a layabed. <laughs> wow. So you're loving it. I'm loving it. I That's got a vacation day at home. Well, oh, yeah. there should be a word for that. Ah! Vacation. <laughs> um, I also, because they were quiet today, I was like in a great mood, and so I ended up editing five minutes of the movie in less than like three hours. Oh wow! Which is a lot better because I imagine that <laughs> when they when they're making noise and I'm editing, I'm kind of like I hate them. I hate them. I cannot wait to yeah. see the the hate cut of the movie that <laughs> you come out with. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, you can this see the my... rage. <laughs> exactly. I've got an assembly cut and a rage cut. Yeah, you can see that this take was clearly a rage choice. Yeah, totally. Because it's just Jason screaming. It's a super rough cut. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's great. I don't understand why that character just constantly is stabbing himself. <laughs> oh, you did a day of reshoots for that. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but I'm glad that you had some time to, to some quiet time today. Looks yeah. like you needed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, just based on the homicidal talk. Oh, yeah. That's all. I've started working out again. Hey. That's, oh, did you stop? I, I, I had, I was in my post movie depression. That's what you look like when you stop working out for weeks? Yeah. Fuck you. It should be noted, since this is an audio format, that Jason looks amazing and has for weeks, and I had no idea that he wasn't working out just like he always was. I He's son ate, of a bitch. I ate a lot of muffins. Oh, my God. I had a muffin emergency. Ugh. Muffins and Tostitos. See, you have good genes. Your family, they all, you're all svelte, you know, you're all, like, you stay that way all your lives. But we're allergic to everything. Oh, that's true. So that probably helps with the avoiding <laughs> some, some of your temptation food. Yeah. My family, we just, as we age, we just get more chins. It's like the rings of a tree. Oh. Yeah. So you have that to look forward to as I get older. So what, what does each chin represent? Like 20 years? Uh, I, I want to say 20. It's more like five. <laughs> if I'm being honest. You don't have seven chins. I've had, I'm, I've had lots of work done. I've had like 12 facelifts by now. I called you 35 years old. <laughs> Just based on what I still have left over. Seven chins. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Uh, yes, I'm 35. Yes. All right. <laughs> We are going to jump into the show, let's right? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Hello, hello. Guys, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to Great, see you. Fantastic. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Let's okay. do the show that we're doing, right? Yes. All right. We'll talk about The Bright Spot, 
The Bright Spot, of course, every week is something that's happening in the news right now that we can take uh, heart from, especially needed right now because Donald Trump is on the west side and shutting down all of L.A. traffic, which is why I left early today. Yeah. Yeah. Go home to Russia. (laughs) Yeah, so we uh, especially need good news today because it's like, Traffic in Los Angeles is a tragedy on a good day. <laughs> and then when a president comes in to shut down the West Side, it's just like, just bury yourself. I've considered doing that as an episode, but I feel like there'd be too much PTSD for us to do I think traffic. you should do it. I think traffic. you should do it, because we'll do it. We'll talk about it from the safety here of this lovely Sherman Oaks home. Yes. Uh, nobody comes to the valley, anyway. Anyway, we're a little off topic. The topic right now is actually the bright spot. And what we're talking about this week is Liz Smith. She's a director of nursing at Franciscan's Children's Hospital okay. in Massachusetts. <gasps> Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, exactly. Hey, Liz. And there was a little girl, Giselle, was born at 29 weeks, so very early. Okay. She was born in July 2016 and was diagnosed with neonatal abstinence syndrome because the mother uh, was using drugs during the pregnancy. Gotcha. While Giselle, the baby was in the ICU, the okay. natal, the NICU, the natal ICU. She had no visitors. No it's what? No visitors okay. at all. The parents never came. And the only visitor she had was Liz Smith, the director of nursing. She was the only person who visited this baby. And uh, okay. Very and this week, Liz Smith adopted that baby. No. Yes, yes, I love she that. after her time in the uh, NICU, this nurse fostered her with the idea of returning her to her parents. But over time, it became clear that that wasn't going to happen. The parents eventually gave up. The biological parents gave up their parental rights. And this week, Liz Smith has adopted that baby, and Giselle is hers. I so love she this. saw a need, and she filled that need. And then that baby now has a loving home. I love this. And a loving mom. And she still has very uh, special needs. She's still actually being fed by a tube. You know, oh. and solid foods are just being introduced to her. She's two years old. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Nearly two years old. So I mean, she's but but who better to raise her than a nurse mother who has a lot of the head nurse? Uh, yeah, the head nurse uh, who has a lot of love to give. And it was it was the timing was interesting too because when Giselle was born, Liz Smith, the nurse, had just found out that she was not a good candidate for IVF. She very much oh wanted God. wanted a child. It was like the time it was like it, it's it's a story about fate, really. Yeah, it seems like so. These two found each other, and uh, best of luck and loving home to them. Yay! Congratulations. Yeah, and I thought it was just a really heartwarming story. I just love it. I love it too. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, and now, Liz. Now we're feeling all warm and happy. I well, I'm gonna take that away. Can from you us. ruin that for me? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right, what are we talking about this week? Jason T. Gaffney. All right, Gaffney. 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 This to- <laughs> this topic. Is gonna be a weird one. Oh, good. So buckle up your boots, baby. Okay, I have boots with buckles on them. Fortunately, just today. So let's do it. <laughs> All right, ready? Mm-hmm. The Northwest. Great. Cowboys with cameras. All right, I'm not making any guesses yet until you do all three. Harry. <sighs> Bigfoot. That's right. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. Yeah! I did it again! I did it again! <laughs> oh, I'm learning your patterns, You baby. are. <laughs> All right. Ooh, Sasquatch. All right. So who or what is a Bigfoot or the plural of Bigfoot, which is Bigfoots or Big Feets? 
Big Feats? It, it wouldn't be Big Feet? No, it's Big Feats. No. It is. That I, can't be. I did the research. Yeah, I know, but your research is flawed. Okay, you didn't do the grammar <laughs> on that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, maybe people call it that, but don't forget, we're talking about, like, Hicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who named it that? <laughs> I'm so judgy. So... <laughs> Depending on who you ask, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Big Feet. They're either a mythological creature created through folk tales and hearsay over the years. Okay. Or, or. they are a giant six to nine foot tall being sure. that resembles that of an ape that is able to walk more like a man. That definitely exists. Kind of like a man ape or an ape man. Sure. A lot like an ape man. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the best superhero ever? He's Man-Ape or Ape-Man. <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, <laughs> I'm still on the grammar thing. because <laughs> In college, we um, I was such a stickler for frickin' grammar and syntax and crap that they started calling me Grammar Man, and I even had my own um, theme song. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Grammar Man, he's the man with whom you want to be. So... <laughs> So I can just tell you that I don't, I don't think you appreciated that. No, I, I I live with my husband is a grammar person like okay, that, right. and literally he and his siblings are always like, "Oh, how terrible that you ended with a whatever the fuck it is." It's yeah. like something too probably a preposition. Yeah, and I'm just like <laughs> at, and they're always like, "That's wrong," and I'm like, "Yeah, suck it." <laughs> I'm a professional writer. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I love it. It, it costs a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I like that you're a grandma, man. Uh, yeah, well. Maybe your sidekick. I'm sorry that your relationship is breaking down over syntax. <laughs> it's it's fixable. Yeah. If you would just take the time. Yeah, you know, I read the book Eat, Shoots, and Leaves. I love that. Right? I was just going to recommend that book. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, I went back in history to really look at when Bigfoot came to be, right? Okay. And I was not surprised to find that it dates way back to the Native Americans and their tribes. Sure. That's where it kind of originated. Okay. In fact, in the 1920s, J.W. Burns, whose job title was Indian agent in Canada, which I'm like, hmm. Well, he would get them work on film sets and stuff. Not that kind of agent. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) He would get them little odd jobs, and he would take 90%. They would get 10. (laughs) I think that's the cut. Well, anyway, he was a Canadian guy, and uh, Canada, maybe check your white privilege. Anyway, he would gather a bunch of the local tribes, the Staalis people's stories, Mm -hmm. to publish in a local newspaper. Oh, I see. And I apologize to that tribe if I mispronounced your name. I looked it up online and listened to ten variations that were all different. So I just made a choice. Okay, there you go. (laughs) This particular tribe insisted that the Bigfoot people were real and that they just really didn't like white men and avoided them. And that's why white people never saw them. I can't blame them. I'm Honestly, I'm like, (laughs) there's plausibility here. (laughs) I was like, I feel like they were really ahead of the curve on that one. (laughs) They're like, oh, God. Like, it took me until 2017, 18 to be really tired of white people. (laughs) (laughs) It was 2001 for me. (laughs) So, anyway... To this day, just over one-third of Bigfoot sightings are in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. One-third? So the majority of them are, because the rest are spread out all over America. Really? Yeah. I thought it was all the Pacific Northwest. 
It's it's most of the Pacific Northwest, okay. but it's about a third, a little over. Oh. Originally, it was all there, but as the beings became more popular um, oh. in culture, I see. sightings started popping up all over the place. Oh, like, as, the, as the knowledge of yeah. the existence, in quotes, of Bigfoot spread. Yeah. Then the sightings, also in quotes, spread. Yeah. So like, then they started showing up at the Great Lakes mm-hmm. and even in the Southeast. Sure. And I'm like paddling a canoe. Yeah. Well, and my thing is, why Bigfoot would ever go to the Southeast where it's hot and humid while he's a hairy ass fuck? Covered is in fur. Mysterious yeah. to me. Well, like, everybody deserves a spring break. Yeah. Okay. Those sightings were in Daytona Beach, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, generally in Hicks places oh, where well. they're drinking moonshine. <laughs> Shocking that they saw Bigfoot uh-huh. while they're hallucinating on homemade alcohol. Very true. But the Pacific Northwest does not have the total monopoly on, like, hairy hipsters. No. Not anymore, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Have you been to Portland? I've been to Portland many times. Yeah. I love fucking Portland. I love Portland, too. Stay weird, Portland. <laughs> but diversify. <laughs> Stay weird, but less homogenous. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so, Work on that. <laughs> so Bigfoot wasn't really popular with the main public until a specific incident in 1924. Okay. And when I learned about this, I was like, what? Ooh, tell me. It was the Battle of Mount St. Helens. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Okay. There were a handful of men who were looking for gold. Okay. okay. And they went out into the woods near Spirit Lake. And about eight miles from the lake, they built a makeshift cabin to live in while they were hunting for their shiny stones. Sure. Right? Like goblins. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look at this stone. <laughs> Is it shiny enough? <laughs> no, Phil. Put down the fucking moonshine and get back to work, you bitch. <laughs> I'm watching this. I have popcorn. This is great. <laughs> so... They're out looking for stones one day near a canyon, which is now called Ape Canyon. And they stumbled upon what they claimed to be a bunch of, quote, gorilla men. Okay. All right. They claimed that the beast walked like men, but were completely covered in long black hair. Quote from the Oregonian, quote, their ears are about four inches long and stick straight up. They have four toes, short and stubby. And I'm like, okay, so they're like half hobbit, half giant? Totally. Like... Well, no, they need precious stones, too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gollum. (laughs) Exactly. So all of the men, all the the mine men, would agree that each animal was about 400 pounds each. (laughs) Can we call them miners? (laughs) Every time I call them miners, you get confused and you think that they're children. I know, but that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than mine men or gold men. So, what do these white men looking for gold do when suddenly encountering another species or race of people? Shoot at them. They shot one of yeah. them. Yes, they did. You got it. Yeah, well well done, white people. I'm, st- I'm on to your tricks. <laughs> it took you 52 episodes, but you finally learned what white people do. They just shoot people. Well, you know, learning curve. So, <laughs> But I'm there now. Fred Beck, a gun-loving idiot, picked up his rifle and shot one of them three times That's in his chest. That's on his business card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, sweet number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he shot him three times in the chest. Yes. Oh, dear. The being would then fall off the edge of the cliff and down into Ape Canyon. Of course. It wasn't Ape Canyon back then, but now it's Ape Canyon. We couldn't recover the body. Well. Sure. 
I'm not sure what happened next because I was doing my research and it made a, there was a big jump in the story. Okay. But it seems like the others ran off. The other of the Sasquatch variety well, ran off. Okay. That's and, not a bad idea when someone's shooting at you. <laughs> and the gold hungry gun wielding maniacs went home to their cabin. They didn't go find the thing they had just shot off the cliff? Nope. Cool. Sounds legit. <laughs> so according to the reports in the Oregonian, they would be woken up that night to the victims throwing boulders at their cabin and trying to kick down the door to get them. Do- okay. A being that can throw a boulder can also kick down a tiny wooden door. I know. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of go ahead and put that right out there. So after a while, the big feet or the big oh, yeah. feet. With giant feet. A thing with giant <laughs> a thing with giant feet and superhuman strength is not gonna be really stymied by a door. <laughs> cool. They, their feet are really tender, okay? They're yeah. swollen. That's why they're big feet. Oh, I they're see. They're swollen from all the rocks that it's stab them as they walk. It's ironic. They, they yeah. can't actually use their feet for yeah. much. Oh. <laughs> they walk in their hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. But anyway, the big feet um, apparently took turns throwing rocks at the men once they were able to make a hole in the roof. And they were targeting specifically Beck. The guy who shot the other one in three times in the chest. Were they floating? I mean, what, were they targeting someone through a hole in the roof? I don't... I mean, it was a big hole, I guess? They invented the mortar. Yeah. <laughs> they threw one of them <laughs> up there, and he just kept stomping, like, on a grape farm. And um, God. So, quote from the Oregonian. This all sounds so true. Yeah. Many of the rocks fell through a hole in the roof, and two of the rocks struck Beck, mm-hmm. one of them rendering him unconscious for nearly two hours. Okay, not so. nearly long enough, but cool. <laughs> so the battle would go on and on until the sun came up, and then suddenly the creatures would flee. The white men who had shot one of them previously didn't think to shoot at them? I I honestly cannot tell you. Yeah, this just gets stupider and stupider. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is what we come to you for, so I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> but I also love the fact that, like, it's wild to me that they found them during the day, they shot one of them during the day, mm. And then they come attack them at night, but then it becomes daytime, and then they flee like they're vampires? Yeah. Get your story straight. Are you are they vampires, or are they big feet? Maybe they had an appointment to get their child into a good preschool, and that's, you know, it's the morning. It's not just daytime. It's the morning. And oh, that's when okay. those things happen. So you, that's not a appointment you want to miss. That, or maybe a pedicure? And Could that be a pedicure. takes weeks to book in the big feet community. Oh, completely, because it's so Everybody in demand. gets them, Yeah. And it takes you all day to get your one foot done. Exactly. So, you know, all I'm saying is <laughs> there could be really legitimate reasons for this. Yes. I love a pedicure. You and your incredulousness. Come on. <laughs> okay. So the battle ended, right? Sure. And basically it was a stalemate, more or less. And I guess. Okay. Uh, I, that's, that is what a, a white guy in 1924 would call a stalemate. I killed one of them. They knocked me out for two hours. Sure. <laughs> that's equivalent. <laughs> Yes. yes, I guess that's fair. So they, they called it a stalemate. Sure. And the guys basically ran out of the woods with their tails between their legs because they're like freaked out. Okay, P.S. Like, they grew tails. Yeah. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> when they escaped the woods, they would tell the news of their adventure. And while many people had heard stories of Bigfoot, because this one had a battle in it, it became a sensation overnight. Sure. People are suddenly like, what? I know about they Bigfoot. They can fight. <laughs> but they threw boulders? They fight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought they were a gentle people that we would eventually kill. Yeah. <laughs> this throws that into some question. Yeah. 
That's going to put a damper on our genocide. <laughs> we hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we have discussed already, there are a lot of flaws in the story, right? No, none that I see. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, it's like, just to recap, they stumbled on them during the day. Yeah. One of them, they shot one of them and killed it, but yeah. didn't go get the body. Yeah. They were attacked, and then they fled the scene after not being killed, despite having boulders flung at them. Mm-hmm. The boulders didn't knock down the building that they were in. Right. Or do or much the door. damage, really. Yeah. The list goes on and on. Sure. The U.S. Forest Service, once they caught wind of this story, felt the same way that we do. They're like, this is bullshit. Right. There's no such thing as fucking big feats, and we're going to go prove this. Yeah. So They're big feet. Yeah. <laughs> So they sent J.H. Huffman, no relation to embezzler Felicity Huffman, and <sighs> William Welch, uh, no relation to the uh, grape juice. Jesus Christ. Both rangers. I'm so tired. To figure out what was going on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't before. Now I am. <laughs> so the two rangers went back into the woods with Fred Beck. Any relation to Beck? <laughs> yes, in fact... He likes big feats, too. That's just because he's a foot fetishist. Oh, wow. I, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if he... He, probably, he might be. I think he's a Scientologist. Oh, okay. he is? I think so. So, probably, yeah. <laughs> so, well, who knows what else... What, who knows what other maladaptions are in there, too? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, he went he went back into the woods with Fred Beck, right? Mm-hmm. And Fred escorted the two rangers to Ape Canyon to see where the first fight happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the ranger men used his sexy ranger powers and climbed down into the canyon to see if he could find a body mm-hmm. or any signs of a being falling and dying. Okay. He found nothing. Oh, wow. But he looked good doing it. I'm sure he did. You oh, just God. love a man in uniform. I love a man in uniform, and I love rock climbing. People who rock climb... In uh, uniform? <gasps> oh, we need to give Jason a second. Yeah, I definitely got a little weak there. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy an uh, outfit for Matt now. I think you're going to have to buy new pants for today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so after that, they decided to go back to the cabin after the ranger climbed back up out of the canyon, okay. which was great. Mm-hmm. And Sexually. They went, they went to and the this ca- time, now he was all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So they get back to the cabin, right? Yeah. They're going to investigate the site of the big battle, right? So sure. they did the mini battle, mm. or I guess I should say the massacre, because they slaughtered It's not one. a massacre. It's a, it's a killing of one. All right. Well, uh, the murder. Girl. It's also imaginary, so not quite, imagine- <laughs> not quite a massacre. You don't know their life. Let's call it an a massacre. <laughs> imaginary massacre? Correct. It's so- a portmanteau. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the cabin, right? Yeah. And both of the rangers were bemused by the supposedly boulder-sized rocks that had been flung at the cabin. Okay. They decided it was likely that the prospectors put them where they were. Like, they themselves put them there and were like, we're going to make a story out of this. Right. Yeah, see? Given that there was no damage to the cabin. Yeah, the cabin's like mm-hmm. pristine. There's no hole in the ceiling. The final piece of evidence, though, was the giant tracks left in the ground near the cabin. Okay. They were 14 inches long, um, which is way too long, if you ask me. Eight inches is fine. All right? For feet? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, talking about penises. <laughs> There were penis tracks. Why were there tracks of penises? <laughs> They're big feet. They have long dicks. How do they leave? <laughs> what? 
<laughs> oh my god, imagine them leaving now. Yeah. If they could leave those tracks. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, when asked about the tracks, Ranger Huffman would recreate a footprint in the ground right there with his hands and said, quote, they were made that way. Oh, wow. So he just made one with his hands. And he's like, that's how people fucking do it. Stop asking stupid questions, reporter. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I love but it. how on earth would a person impress upon the earth? Yeah. <laughs> so Hi, have you met sculpture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce you to Clay. Yeah. <laughs> quote from the Oregonian, quote, Despite the rangers debunking of the story, people still wanted to believe, and the tale continued to spread. Sure. It wouldn't be until 1967, though, that the most famous movie of Bigfoot would happen. Oh. The infamous... That's not when Harry and the Hendersons came out, so what are you talking about? <laughs> it's the infamous Patterson-Gimlin film. Oh, You've seen it. Oh, everyone's oh, oh, seen oh, it. Oh, like a home movie thing. Yeah. Okay. The film would be filmed on October twentieth, nineteen sixty-seven, and it was fifty-nine point five seconds long. Oh dear. And on it, for fifty-three seconds, you would see what appears to be Bigfoot walking away from them. I've seen this. Yes. Right. It's in black and white, right? And it's. I think it's in color. Is it? I think it's in color. But a lot of people show it in black and white because oh, it's, maybe. like, mysterious. And ah, maybe that's it. It would be filmed by Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin. Okay, this entire paragraph is in quotes. <laughs> yeah, just so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't sure how they originally met, but learned that both were rodeo riders, oh. which is kind of fun, so they're cowboys. Oh, God. So now we've got Here we Rangers go with Jason's going off cowboys. again. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And both of them were local boxers and the champs of their respective weight classes, which means that they're different sized cowboys, which is that much more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they have big biceps, Jason. Mm-hmm. And probably big legs, too. They're wearing vests. <laughs> Cowboy hats. Uh, anyway, I'm guessing that they were different weights, and I'm all about it. Okay. And like, you got a pocket cowboy and a tall cowboy. <laughs> Everything I could dream of. So, All right. Well, we're learning. Uh, we, I, okay, I'm, I'm our listeners now. We already knew about your cowboy thing. We did not know about your height disparity thing. That's that's a new fetish. Well, no, I, I just... To I, us. I like guys of all sizes. You can do different things with different size guys. If it's a pocket gay, you can pick them up and give them head. If they're tiny, uh, if they're big, then they pick you up and give you head. Wow. It's fun. Okay. Everybody wins. Sure. How exciting. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Love you, Mom. <laughs> yeah, <whoa. laughs> that was distressing. So, Gimlin was apparently an expert in horses and making them calm. Making them calm or calm. making them come? Calm. I could not hear me. <laughs> calm. <laughs> I'm like a, an expert in making horses come. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, so you can tame this horse or you can make them ejaculate? Mm. Best way to calm a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Mm. So let's take a step back Mm -hmm. before the movie gets filmed to how these guys were in the middle of the California wilderness with a camera looking for Bigfoot. Okay. Let's go back to when Patterson first became obsessed with the Big Feets. Cool. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to roll with it. It's fine. You're doing it just to annoy me, and it's fine, because it's not getting to me anymore. It totally is. I love it. To our listeners out there, every time I say it, Kevin uh, twitches a little bit. It's really quite fun. That's not true. Big feats. Oh, he was stoic that time. Mm -hmm. I think he died a little on the inside, though. (laughs) He said that without flinching or moving, so it totally bothered me. Anyway... (laughs) 
Patterson first became obsessed with Bigfoot back in 1959 when he would read about it in True Magazine. <laughs> it was a men's magazine. Okay. Which, it's a magazine for men, by men, so it must be true, I guess. Well, anyway. yeah, because men don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Talk to most of my exes. <laughs> anyway, one such article would be about Bigfoot. Okay. Patterson in 1966 would release a book called Do Abominable Snowmen of America Really Exist? Okay. Because he was really into it at this sure. point. Sure. It's our, it's our Yeti. Yeah. Yeah. And basically a lot of people who've read the book claim that it's just a book of him putting together articles about Big Feet and oh. then saying it's real. Okay. It's an anthology. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess it's, they like mocked his like, Big Feet are great. Mm-hmm prose that he kept putting in there he's oh. like this proves that bigfoot and it's like an article where someone's like i found a track and i don't know what it is it proves it's bigfoot sure so dubious research yeah so mm-hmm. like eh, anyway well in 1967 patterson along with his friend gimlin decided to make a docudrama or what's called a pseudo documentary about a bunch of cowboys heading out to find bigfoot oh they would be led through the woods via an old miner and a Native American tracker. Well, okay. Um, so they went on this expedition? What's the drama part? Well, they're basically... it's Is it, is it reenactments? They're reenacting it, oh, sort of. so weird. So, oh, so he's reenacting an, an expedition that never actually happened? Well, they're like... The drama is they're going to find Bigfoot. Oh, just, so just wait for it. is that they're going to talk to people who had seen Bigfoot. Oh, so they're going to be characters in the real world. I see. I don't know. The, the plan was that wow. Patterson was the lead and Gimlin was going to put on a wig and be the Native American. Okay. And I'm like, come the fuck. Hey, it was a different Christ. time. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Joe Biden was in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. So they, <laughs> they were going to have the characters meet up with people who had met Bigfoot in the past, such as Fred Beck, uh, you know, from the infamous Mount St. Helens fight. Okay. So, sure. like, they're going to take people out of time, too, and put them all into this one pocket of time. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, because it was 30 really years later, weird. 40 years later. Yeah. Okay. So Patterson got about nine people to agree to work on the film for free for about three days and nights. And to be all the other parts. But we'll give you footage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll give you big footage. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest footage. That's amazing. All. We'll give you 14-inch footage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there is speculation, once people found out about this, that he needed a Bigfoot costume to recreate those moments. Well, yes, you would, given that you can't guarantee... The thing about Bigfoot is you can just never guarantee when you're going to... Sh- he's, he's flaky. He's a real diva. He's flaky. Yeah. If you don't have all green M&Ms, he's not showing I up. I mean, he will show up to the pedicure. That's what they did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they should have made an appointment. <laughs> I legit hope that someone who loves Big Feet goes out after this and sets up a fake fucking pedicure site to try to catch Bigfoot. That would literally... I would be tickled pink. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully hey. by some rangers. Hey, listeners, if you want to tickle Jason Pink, <laughs> just get the ranger. <laughs> now you know what to do. Yeah. Okay. After the filming, there was a couple days, Patterson and Gimlin went back to film alone and to get some B-reel footage and potentially a shot of the real Bigfoot. Oh, and that's when, when they were alone, miraculously, they saw Bigfoot himself. Well, first they broke back mountain it. Oh, sure. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Now now you're making stuff up. Oh, God, it's a dream. Cowboys looking for a 
mythological what? creature. I'm just going to go Surrounded by rangers. Quick. When you're done with this, you just let me know when you want to get back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this has the makings of a good movie. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I can't quit you, Bigfoot. He's not real. I'm here. My butt's right here for you. Oh, my God. Your butt isn't Bigfoot. It's so hard to sleep through this. <laughs> Ranger comes in. What's going on? Oh, can I join? And I'm like, yes. It's basically a porn about Bigfoot. Oh, 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 <laughs> that's that? what you're making. Who was that um, House of Reps Republican who was really into Bigfoot porn? Oh, yeah. That was a cycle ago. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, maybe he's going to go set up a pedicure station. If anyone would, yeah. it would be that person, sure. Well, enjoy my advice. <laughs> All right. So they're basically out there getting B-real and hopefully footage of the Bigfoot, right? Mm-hmm. They took three horses with them so they could move throughout the woods quickly, and off they went. Between the two people? But yeah, they, so they've got one guy on one horse, one guy on another, and they've got a pony with a bunch of supplies on it. Oh, it's a pack horse. Yeah. Got it. little pony. I guess I shouldn't have cast aspersions on the cowboy's ability to handle the horses. Yeah, the the pony's they like... They probably know better than me. pony's like, yes, I'm going to ride behind you with this stuff. Hey. When do we get to the calming part? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous. <laughs> I just calmed you. But I'm like really, really nervous again. Equine anxiety is real. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Patterson said, let's go to Six Rivers National Forest, which is up at the very top of Cali. He wanted to go there because it was a hotbed. Do you mean California? Yeah. Okay. Of Bigfoot sightings. Okay. In fact, there was a sighting only a few months earlier to their filming on August 28th, 1967, when people found footprints. Oh, not just oh, prints. so that's not quite a sighting. Footprints. Well, to big. Patterson, it's a sighting. Footprints. Sure. He's like, these feet are big. <laughs> so Patterson's like, let's go. Give him a break, people. He doesn't know grammar. He's a cowboy. <laughs> I just heard cows and fuck men. Wow. That's the regular cowboy, ma'am. <laughs> wow. She's like, I, I know, but get off my lawn. Could you just just climb that wall and shut up? <laughs> so Patterson's like, let's go, and maybe if we're lucky, we can see one. Mm-hmm. He made Gimlin agree that should they see one, they needed to not shoot and kill it. He was very specific about this. Okay. Gimlin was like, yeah, I don't believe that Bigfoot is real, but sure, I won't shoot it if I see one. I promise I won't shoot the imaginary beast. <laughs> So, nothing. So while they're getting their B-reel footage, sure. they would spend a few weeks searching for the animal. Okay. On the day that they claimed they stumbled upon the actual Bigfoot, they were filming some other B-reel stuff. Mm-hmm. Patterson was riding in front, and he uh, used the 16-millimeter Cine Kodak camera to capture some lovely footage of the fall foliage on trees with the sunlight. Mm-hmm. After he took the footage, he put the camera back in his bag, but he didn't close up the lens, mm. which they note. Gimlin was riding behind him, obviously, and was leading the tiny pony, who was very calm. Is anyone, I'm sure, is anyone else picturing these two guys as Patterson is definitely the tall one and Gimli? Gimlin. Gimlin is a dwarf, basically, <laughs> <laughs> following along. He's all bearded and he has an axe. Yeah. I, I think it's tainted by the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but <laughs> that, this is where they are in my head. We could be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> He's an elf and a dwarf. An elf and a dwarf, that's right. So, 
Anyway, Gimlin's in charge of the pony with the supplies, right? Yeah. After a while, they came upon a giant tree that had fallen over and was making a mess of a small creek. Like, it was blocking the creek, and the creek's like, oh, like, I don't know where to go, so I'm just going to blow over everything. Okay. Nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. nature. At that point, the horses freaked out. Oh. They did not want to move forward. Why, you might ask? Uh, they hate nature. Yes, but also, only a hundred feet away from them was a Bigfoot. No! Who saw that coming? Nobody saw that coming. Patterson was able to grab his camera, which was conveniently not lensed up and ready to go, and get off his horse fast enough to chase after the beast while filming it. Gimlin claims that even though he was a horse expert, he had to drop his pony lead to have any chance of keeping his own horse calm. Sure. We'll note that later. Okay. Patterson cried out to Gimlin, quote, Bob, cover me. End quote. What? <laughs> a gun. Well, <laughs> oh, and sure. Gimlin got off his own horse and pulled out his rifle. Okay. But as agreed upon earlier, he did not shoot the hairy walking creature. No. They got it on film and both claimed that it gave off a stinky skunk-like smell. Oh, man. They're like, he was stinky. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you try being covered in hair and not having a shower. Damn. Well, I think that they interrupted his bath. He was probably yeah. there. He probably knocked over the tree himself to create a natural pool that he could bathe in. And then these two fucking cowboys, sorry, this elf and a dwarf show up on a fucking <laughs> very calm horses yeah. and then fuck it up for him. What well, What's fun is that I can't There's remember. There's nothing worse than having a nice, relaxing bath interrupted. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I can't, I can't remember if it was Gimlin or Patterson. One of them said that. The way that the Bigfoot looked at them as it was walking away, when mm-hmm. it like turned its head over its shoulder to look at them, they mm-hmm. said it did it like three times, and each time it looked more and more disgusted with them. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. if you interrupt their bath, then also, sure. Also, you know, we're not even mentioning, they've been on horses for like weeks. They probably didn't smell like a rose either, okay? Yeah. Pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, and how many beans and sex do they have? No kidding. They exactly. smelled like beans and sex. <laughs> That's not pleasant. <laughs> so... When the Bigfoot faded into the trees, Patterson <laughs> chased it on foot, and Gimlin jumped back on his horse and followed the creature. All right. But after a small amount of time, Patterson would call out to Gimlin to come back because he was on foot and he didn't have a gun with him, and he's <laughs> freaked out. He claims that he was worried that the mate of the being was out there and would come after them. What? And I'm like, how do you know it has a mate? Exactly. Maybe it's a, a strong, independent, single woman. Yeah, just because you can't wander through the woods... Without a lover. Doesn't yeah. mean anything to about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Gimlin went back, and then they went back together and calmed down Patterson's horse. Oh, I know how they did that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then they, they got back on the horse. And, and they calmed then... each other. <laughs> Now everyone's calm, and they decided to follow the Bigfoot. After a quick nap. (laughs) They lost it, though. Oh, man, they spent all that time calming everything. Yeah, and after about three miles of searching, they went back to the creek to take plaster cast molds of the footprints from the Bigfoot. They opted to get the best right foot and the best left foot. Okay. Now, after reading this, I have some very serious debunking concerns. Sure. I think like, that, all of it. Well, yeah, but I think that Patterson staged the whole thing. What? And that is why he was all about not shooting the Bigfoot. I don't think Gimlin knew. 
I think Gimlin was not in on this, based on what I know now about the two guys. All right. So basically, when Gimlin went after the actor that Patterson hired to be Bigfoot, mm-hmm. he was conveniently called back so he wouldn't catch him or Find shoot it. him or mm-hmm. anything. My opinion on the matter is a minor dispute compared to some other critical claims and criticisms once they came back with the video. Okay. So there's issues with the fact that they didn't have their story straight. Oh. There were a ton of differences when being interviewed. Really? But the men claim that if they were fake, then they would have had the story completely tight with one another and that they were really telling the truth. And that, that does... That's wonderful mental gymnastics. Yeah. I love that. Well, and they've done studies on this where people can be easily... Uh, their memories can be mm-hmm. easily manipulated. And police, when they do like, oh, someone was robbed on the street and they interview seven people, mm-hmm. the stories will never be the same because everyone has a different lens that they wear right. as to what they think they saw happen. Sure, and these these cowboys obviously knew that about that research. Right. Well, clearly. they yeah, they... they they figure they figure that out. So anyway, yeah. anyway, so plausible, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That 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 could have been true. That they. Yes. If you apply, you know, '90s and 2000s research to 1967, sure. <laughs> so then there was an issue with the time frame of footage being developed. They apparently got the footage at 1:15 p.m. and then the, the footage was developed by like 6:30 p.m. or something like that. It was way too fast, and the. F- I, this was a little confusing to me, but basically the film that they were using needed a lab that had a very expensive machine to mm. develop it, and it wasn't open on weekends, but somehow they got it quickly. Okay. And so people claim that if they had shot the footage a day or two earlier, then the timeline would have made sense, mm. but that there were major flaws in these details as to, like, the timeline didn't match. Okay, so they're lying. And the men were like, it's a tight timeline, but we were able to make it happen. I'm like, okay. Uh Okay. Just, no. Yeah, I mean, like, you didn't invent the photo mat. Yeah. We're talking about Bigfoot, not time travel, fucker. Like, yeah. come on. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. That's fine. Yeah. So, again, they're lying. So, another cool. fun flaw Yay. was that they borrowed a horse from a man named Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They borrowed a horse from a man named Bob. It's just a wonderful <laughs> phrase, right, by itself. Oh, I, I struggled with his last name. Um, Hieronymus. Ooh. Bob Hieronymus. Sure. And that Bob claimed that the horse Gimlin was on was a middle-aged horse that never would have spooked and thus jumped around and tried to buck him. So he's lying about it. Oh. He's like, Gimlin's an expert horse calmer and <laughs> the horse you know is I mean. already really calm. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like That horse was overcalmed. <laughs> <laughs> on that. The horse had a sex edition The problem. horse was like, please, no more. I'm chafing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I fucking hate when that happens. Anyway, <laughs> to be fair to Gimlin mm-hmm. on this one, if there was a major predator nearby, like mm-hmm. if there, like if Bigfoot was real, it would be like a major apex predator and yeah. scary, and the horse would be fucking free. Also, that's really ageist. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because middle-aged people can freak out. No problem. <laughs> That's the entire idea behind a midlife crisis. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> that doesn't pass the straight face test, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, after the whole ordeal, mm-hmm. Patterson told his brother-in-law, Al DeAtley. Al DeAtley. Yeah. I okay. Know. Lots of capital letters, sure. two capital A's. I'm going to go with it. That he was shipping the film to him. For safekeeping and to help him getting it out into the world. Okay. 
I'm also not sure. We if- developed this in the middle of the woods. Please distribute it widely. <laughs> I don't quite understand why Al Atley got involved. He may have been part of the prior f- filming that they did. I don't know. But Al got involved. Okay. He's like in it now. Mm-hmm. They were going to prove scientifically once and for all that Bigfoot was real. Sure. We They're like, footage. we have science. Yeah. It's film science. You can't fake film. It's science. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like people just make up stories. Yeah. And, and then create costumes. Exactly. And then go to places and point a camera at a thing. And wait, there's a whole industry about that. However, mm-hmm. as you guessed it, most of the science community laughed at the idea that the video was real. Yeah. To this day, the film's footage falls under the categories of inconclusive or unexplainable, though. Really? Because of the film's quality. Mm. Or and, lack thereof. Right. They're actually not able to debunk it. Okay. They can't make the footage good enough to clearly see that it's, like, obviously a man with makeup and a costume. All right. And the debate around that footage, this is the only piece of footage with Bigfoot stuff that is they're still not able to figure out. Mm. Patterson wasn't able to get the science world into his claim, but he was able to team up with another docudrama that BBC was making and touring. Okay. And together they toured the film houses in the area with it. Gimlin would be eventually edged out of the conversation by Al Atley and Patterson. <laughs> he, well, he'd spent so much time calming horses, it was time he was edged. Yeah. <laughs> they milked him right out of there. Oh, God. Eventually, Gimlin was so despondent about it that he sold his share of the rights to the film to another Bigfoot enthusiast for only $10. $10? He's like, just get this the fuck out of here. Jesus. Al Atley would later reveal that he made $75,000 from it himself, just from the film tour. Hello. This was really good news for Patterson because he had spent a bit of money renting the camera to film this. Sure. And in fact, when he got back with the footage, it was revealed that he had kept the camera longer than he was renting it for and had been approved to rent it for. Oh. And he was arrested because of it. What? But the charges were dropped once he returned it. And I'm like, white male cowboy privilege. I'll say. Yeah. Sorry, ma'am. I was stuck on my horse. Well, you know, if you're out in the woods for weeks, it's not like you can get back to your rental. Yeah, don't stay out in the woods past your rental date. This is not hard. Uh, Did I mention I'm a white man? You're in the clear. Thank you. (laughs) So, Gimlin and Patterson would become estranged for many years, but they would reconvene after five years of being Brokeback Mountain. Sure, every every five ten years or so, they would meet. And stem the rose. Yeah. (laughs) But they would reconvene after five years when Patterson was dying of cancer. Oh. Quote from OutsideOnline.com. Quote, Patterson apologized for ousting Gimlin, pleading with him that when he recovered, they would go back to California and catch Bigfoot. He died the next day. Oh, shit. So he's like, I promise you, we're going to catch him. And Gimlin's like, well, fuck. Yep. Then... Did he feel like it was his duty then to go catch Bigfoot himself alone? <laughs> Gimlin actually went to Patterson's parents and got his shirt sure. and kept it with him yeah, always. In his trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sad. No, Gimlin was... was a very moving part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Gimlin would uh, spend the rest of his life regretting having gone on the journey in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> what a shitty deathbed reunion. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're gonna do this, buddy. I've regretted this every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. He basically became a celebrity to anybody who wants to find Bigfoot, sure. but to everyone else, he became a joke. Yeah. His local townsfolk started harassing him for it. Oh, man. He would be quoted saying, quote, they'd come driving in my driveway all times of the night and go, Bob, we want to go out Bigfoot hunting. And it wasn't just him that got harassed. They would go after his wife as well at the Jeez. bank that she worked at. Oh, my God. And Gimlin claims that there were a bunch of times that they almost split up over it. Okay, so this part of this story is for people who think that the internet created trolls. Exactly. It did not. So he's like, I love you. She's like, go out and fuck your Bigfoot. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It was real. It got real heated. Yeah, but he calmed her. He, <laughs> yeah, he stroked her giant cock until she came. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I quit. I quit. <laughs> this is one of our best yet. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> oh, okay. You can't cancel us now. We're just getting started. <laughs> so he's basically getting really frustrated about all of this because he claimed that if he's... Well, I hear you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed that if he said what he saw was real, he was crazy, but if he didn't say that he saw what he said he saw and kept his head down, then everybody would call him a liar. Either way, he was fucked. Uh-huh. And not like the horses. Not in that good kind of way. No. Mm-hmm. He's quoted saying, quote, I can understand why they don't believe in it because I didn't believe in it either. But I saw one, and I know what I saw, and I know it wasn't a man in a suit. It couldn't have been. Hmm. People who object to this story and Gimlin are very outspoken. <laughs> in fact, Greg Long, who uh, would write the book, quote, The Making of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. would be quoted saying, quote, I consider Bob Gimlin a liar. Hmm. I think he's a con artist. Jeez. So he did not Don't mince his words. Don't pull no punches. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Greg Long is convinced that because Bigfoot had exploded into an industry, that people have a need for it to be real, mm-hmm. and they're not thinking logically about it. Okay. He's like, people make money off of this now. Sure. And well, so... Gimlin didn't, though. He made 10 bucks. He Yeah, he went to some conventions and talked and stuff. So sure. he kept his head down for the most part, but every now and then he would make some money off of it, okay. I think. Sure. So, Kevin. That's the American dream. Yes, Jason. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do I believe in Bigfoot? Yeah. I do not. You do not? I do not. This had not convinced you that Big Feet are real? What part of it was supposed to convince me? (laughs) I'm sorry. Maybe I should have listened with a more open mind, but no. How about you listeners? Do you believe in Big Feets? No. Wow. Yeah. That's our in-studio audience. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, John. (laughs) Our man of one. Okay. What is the bright side to all this? Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't believe we haven't talked about that, but that's the best thing that ever came out of it. Yeah, we. I mean, there's so Speaking much good stuff Lipkow. out there. Like, there's there's stuff I wasn't even able to touch. Like, there's people who give tours to this day. Oh yeah. To find big feet. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And well, that by itself. I mean, like the amount of expansion, the human expansion into that area. If they. There isn't any wilderness anymore in the Pacific Northwest, you know? Not really. Right. Not any, not unexplored wilderness anyway. Right. And I'm like, if they haven't been absolutely found by now, they're not there. Yeah. So, you know, the I, go on hikes. Sure. Fantastic. Go to, Go on hikes. Go to the Ape Canyon. I've been to the Ape Cave. What's the Ape Cave? It's in Washington. Is it and a, it's a cave. It's okay. you know you, that you can spelunk and you can go in down into. It's a big old cave, but the do they Ape say cave that's complex, where the big feet live? 
I can't remember. See, I it was I was a kid, so I thought it was just called Ape Cave for fun. Now I think it was called Ape Cave because they thought probably Sasquatches were living in there. Yeah. Um, which they aren't, uh, because now we're in there and like people, they give tours and they're not there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm not convinced. I love the idea of fantasy creatures existing because I love the idea of a fantasy world existing. Okay. But logically I understand and know that there's no, there's no way a Bigfoot exists. Okay. We would have found them by now. Well, we've debunked it. Yes. So what's the bright side? So for me... One thing is, is that all the Bigfoot merchandise and mm-hmm. the books being written about the subject are actually creating lots of jobs and stimulating the economy. Yeah. So, you know, like... I doubt it's the juggernaut it once was, right? right. It's probably a smaller a subset smaller of the now. Uh, population now, yeah. But but it has, over time, it was a niche industry that created... And and people know, do travel there, and so it creates tourism for the Pacific tourism, Northwest. Yes, definitely. It, it adds to the mystique of the area and interest in that place. Yeah, and it also has given some people a passion project to go explore places. And they they may have seen wilderness that they never saw before and became attached to it and maybe a protector of the environment. Definitely. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a reach, but... No, I think it might have. I think it's valid because people would like if a person actually believes in Bigfoot, they don't want to destroy the habitat of, of that thing, Bigfoot, yeah. probably. So, you know, that would lead to like an environmental spirit and a naturalist spirit in the area, and that's good. And uh the the last They're one, crazy. <laughs> but the it's last, good. The last one is definitely a stretch. Okay. <laughs> it's created quite the mystery that we're not sure will ever be solved, even though we've solved it. <laughs> And uh, to an extent, it's fun yeah. to, to I, the, the idea of like, ooh, maybe there is a hidden being we haven't met yet. Yeah. As long as you're not destroying your family over it, you know, like Gimlin did, how sure. he made his like whole life a nightmare. Right. You know, and it, it can be fun to believe in fanciful things and and the Definitely. idea like a unicorn exists somewhere. It sparks the imagination. Yeah. In a lot of people. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Because that leads to more creative thought in all sorts of ways. And... It led to us having a wonderful time recreating Brokeback Mountain. That's <laughs> such a good time. <laughs> and this doesn't even count how many horses were calmed in the making of the story. <laughs> so that's definitely a bright spot for them. The American Humane Society has been here helping us through this episode. Yes. No animals were harmed. No animals were ejaculated in the making, making of, this of this podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was all a joke, yes. everybody. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for bringing this to my attention. It's crazy. I, but, you know, if you want more information about this, go watch Harry and the Hendersons. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Uh, a long <gasps> time ago. Jason. I need to watch it again. Watch it again. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I thought it was a TV show. No, it's a John Lithgow movie. I love John Lithgow. There you go. Go watch the movie. I'm excited. You should be. It's really good. I, I'm almost as excited as I was when the ranger was climbing down into the canyon. Okay, well, let's let's move on then, because nobody needs that again. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Please keep rating and reviewing. Thanks for coming back, and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Wow, your cuticles look great. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at BrightSideKNJ, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.TheBrightSideWithKevinAndJason.com. 
Dot com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.